Over the last few months, so really since the beginning of the year, we've been on this journey of prepare, and we're still on this journey of prepare, of cleaning and mending our nets, of getting our lives in order, putting Jesus back in the center of our lives, back in the center of all that we do, in the center of our lives, of our families, of our work, of our ministries, putting Jesus back at the center. A few weeks ago, we were able to all gather again, both Selwyn and Levita campus, together for an all-in service. And Carl preached a message encouraging us as a church, all of us as a church, it is time to once again go fishing. It is once again time to go on mission. So just for a moment, we're going to jump into our passage in Luke chapter 5 and see where Jesus is telling us to go fishing. This is the passage that we've um, based our prepare series out of and where I'm basing our message out of today. In Luke chapter 5, it says this, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their uh, nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they both began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish he had, they had taken. And so James and John, the son of, sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. What a passage to base this prepare series out of. It speaks of so much. It's encouraging, challenging. It has, it has elements of obedience, faith, trust, fishing. It speaks of the more. Encourages us in people. It speaks of the mission. But I want to draw your attention to the location of the boats in this passage. It starts by saying, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there, by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And Carl and the team over the last few months have spoken that this speaks to the preparation, to the cleaning and mending of our nets, of getting our lives in order. But then it goes on, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then it goes out a bit further. He says, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Note this, where they had stopped the boat to teach from was not the place they were going to fish from. Where Jesus said, let's go out and I'll teach the people from here was not the place. Where they had gathered was not the place for them to go fishing for people. Jesus said, you need to put out into deep water. We need to go out a little further. 
They had to move from a place where they'd learned, where they'd gathered, where they'd been taught, to a place where they could go fishing. I don't often title messages, but this morning I've called this message Fishing in the Shallows. Fishing in the Shallows. Now let me just pause for a moment. In the very literal sense of fishing, and I might get some pushback here, but in the very literal sense of fishing, I'll admit I don't like it. It's, um, to be quite honest, it's awful. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you have to do so much waiting. Yeah? I might have some other non-fisher people in the room. Waiting. Now, I'm, I'm working on it. And my mum continually tells me to work on it. Thanks, mum. Been out of home for nearly 10 years, but thanks. I'm just not a very patient person. And you throw your rod in or throw the nets in, and then what do you do? Wait. It's boring. But it gets worse. You know when you just, you've got your rod in, and you feel that slight nibble? And you're like, got it. And then you wind it in. And then you let it out again. And then you wind it in. And then you let it out again. And it just goes on. That's tiring. You know, it's supposed to tire out the fish, but not only have I had to wait, now I've got to work for it. And then there's that joy. You can see it. It's just near the boat. Someone's got the net ready to, like, hook it in, and the the hook comes loose and just swims away. It's full of disappointments. It gets worse because if you land the fish, you have to deal with it. It's slimy and gross. You have to scale it and gut it. The process of fishing, no thank you. It's tiring, boring, got to wait, full of disappointments. It's gross. The last part of the process, I can do. I can eat it. Uh, in fact, I'll cook it for you as well. Like, so uh, I enjoy that part. But at the end of this passage, Jesus says, don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. I read that a couple of weeks ago, and I went, Jesus said we'll fish for I can do people. I love people. I know people. Fish, yuck. But people, I don't understand all of how people think, but I understand a little bit of their hopes and their dreams. I have some of the same shared experiences they do. I can go on mission with people. I just became so grateful to God that he said, from now on, your mission is people. I can work with people. As we move from a place of prepare to a posture of fishing and going on mission, since there are people who need to go out into the deep water. You've sat at church for maybe a short time, maybe a long time. Maybe Sundays are just something that you do as a natural part of your life. But over many years, you haven't seen many catches. Or recently, you haven't seen many catches. You struggle to find any fish. There just doesn't seem to be people in my life who, who need to know. I'm, I'm just... I don't know. But I wonder if there are people who are trying to fish from the comfort of the shallows. Because it's nice when we gather. It's nice when I'm surrounded by other people who, who love God, who chase his presence, who are putting Christ at the center. 
Sure, it's a little bit uncomfortable as we try and get our lives in order, but it's, it's comfortable. And I wonder if Jesus is saying, let's not fish from the comfort of the shallows. Let's go out a little deeper. Leave the comfort of the shallows and go out to where the people are and let down our nets. I love that Life Church, as Life Church, we're in two locations, Levita and out here at Selwyn, but we love the communities that we're in. Yeah. Back at Levita, we, and Life Church Selwyn here supports them as well. We employ our youth workers who, who go out into two local schools and support and care for kids in our community. And one of our youth workers a few months ago um, wrote a short blog just about the life of a youth worker and some of the things she comes across. And I want to read you just a small passage of it today. She writes this, I know logically that many of the problems the children are facing as well are well out of my control. Abuse, bullying, unstable home lives. Some of the stories I've heard and the disclosures that have been made to me have turned my view of the world upside down. So it can be a real challenge to not carry these situations on my shoulders. It's no secret that the mental health of, our, of many of our rangatahi, that is our young people, is in a terrible state. I've had children as young as eight tell me that they want to die. I've had a seven-year-old sob in my arms and ask me why nobody loves her. Occurrences like that take a toll. The kids I work with have, within the last year, been through a lockdown and a mass shooting. And now, uh, the lockdown because of the mass shooting and the nationwide lockdown of COVID, they've been through a lot. I love that we employ people who go out into the deep water, where it's a bit uncomfortable, where it's hard, where those stories take a toll. I remember when I first read it, I sat with tears streaming down my face. And it's not just because I read those horrible things that some of those young people are going through. Because personally, I can name those children. I can name their parents. I can name their siblings. For many of them, I can name their extended whānau. Our communities are deep water. It's out where the people are, where the brokenness of humanity needs a message of hope, one that we as a church carry. As people who have met Jesus, as people who love Jesus, who are chasing the person of Jesus, we carry that hope-filled message. A couple of weeks ago, Jo shared, uh, one of our Life Kids pastor, she shared that more than 20 kids had made a decision to put Jesus at the center of their lives across our kids' program. I can tell you that some of those kids were ones that we had met in community. Fishing in deep water. Why? So that they can know the message and hope of Jesus Christ. In 2 Kings, the region of Samaria is under attack. Things are not going well at all. The Armenians have set up a big city, big tent city just over the hill, and they're laying siege to the region. There is no hope for these people. They are without food, they are without a plan, they are without hope. 
I'm going to read from 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3. It said, Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. And they said to each other, this is how hopeless they were. Why, can't, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we'll die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go to the camp of the Armenians and surrender. If they spare us, we'll live. If they kill us, then we'll die. So at dusk, they got up and they went to the camp of the Armenians. And when they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Armenians to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and their donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. God had gone before them. But then it says in verse 8, The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents, and ate and drank. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes, and they went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some more things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, This is the verse that caught my attention. What we're doing is not right. This is the day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. So let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. It goes on that they went and called out to the city gatekeepers. The gatekeepers told the people in the palace. The palace told the king. Eventually news spread. The king sent out some people to check on, make sure that it was actually how they said. And the whole area, the whole region, the whole city saw freedom but all because the men with leprosy said, what we're doing is not right. This is the day of good news. And we're keeping it to ourselves. Men of leprosy, they were outcasts. They sat on the edge of the city with nothing, despised, rejected by people. Who were they? They went to the camp of the Armenians, and all of a sudden they had all the riches they could have ever dreamed for. Their whole lives changed. They had resources, wealth. They now had a bargaining tool. They had something now to live for. But they turned to each other and said, what we're doing is not right. This is the day of good news. And we're keeping it to ourselves. See, Jesus changes our lives. Like the men with leprosy, we can discover this hope, this purpose. When we meet Jesus, we have value and worth. We understand that he came and he died on the cross, taking the mistakes, the sin that we have upon himself so that we could have life in all of its fullness, life in him. And our whole lives can change forever. As we put Christ in the center, everything changes. But are we keeping it to ourselves? This is the day of good news. Let's go at once and report it. Let's go and tell everyone. These men realized that what they had was too important, too life-changing for everyone to keep to themselves. So they took it and told people. 
and the whole region saw freedom. See, I can sit in church. I can hear a message. It's inspiring, encouraging me to go out and reach more people, to go and tell more people about Christ. And if if, as I'm sat here, I immediately throw my nets overboard, guess what? You're going to catch people who are already hearing the message. You're going to already catch people who are sat hearing of the hope and the love of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying we don't talk about it with people who love him. I don't, talk, I don't say that we don't gather. We gather to encourage, to inspire, to send each other out again, to build one another up, to keep pushing each other towards chasing Jesus. But if we're going to reach people who have never been reached, I wonder if they're not already sat in our church. So where is the little deeper? Maybe it's your workplace or your university. What about your social media? Our schools or your kids' schools? The board you work on? The team you coach? The social sports team you play on? The doctor you go to? Or the supermarket you shop at? Maybe throw your net out a little deeper to where people have not yet heard. A couple of weeks ago, uh, for my birthday, actually, I was given a new pair of headphones. Now, they're a nice pair of headphones, and I really enjoy wearing them. They make a really good sound. I often have them driving in my car, or I'm off for a walk, and I listen to podcasts, or politics, or music, or all kinds of things. I absolutely love them. They make a great sound. And I was off to go do my groceries, and I had my headphones on, and as I pulled into the uh, car park, I just felt this prompt... In my spirit, felt like it was God saying, would you take your headphones off? And I went, I don't really want to. Now, when I think that God's spoken to me, I think of it as a thought in my mind that I didn't put there. Now, I know this one wasn't one that I put there because I didn't want to. (laughs) And so I went, well, what message am I sending to people if I've got my headphones on while I go do my groceries? That I don't want to be interrupted, that I've got better things to do, please don't talk to me. I went, well, I don't really want to say that. Fine, I'll take them off. So I took my headphones off and left them in my car, and as I walked into the supermarket, you know through those, um, I'm going to call them clatter gates? You walk in, they go, you know the ones. You know, you want to walk back through them because they go, yeah, anyway. I walked through those, and just standing there uh, was the security man who I'd never met. Now, if you know me at all, I often will just walk up to anybody and say, good morning, how are you? Well, he turns around and he goes, I've actually had a really rough day. Now, it's a bit awkward because you know how when you're like, good morning, how are you? But you're still walking. (laughs) This wasn't just a good thanks. This was a, oh, it's been a rough day. And I went, ah, I'm stopping. (laughs) All of a sudden, I'd been interrupted. So I went over to him, and he said, well, how's your day been? I said, well, I've just, I've been working today. I've had quite a good day. I've been in a few meetings. I'm, I'm quite good, thank you. I said, I really hope the rest of your day is better. And by the end of today, you can say that you've had a, a great day. And I turned, and I walked off. And I didn't stop and tell him all about the hope of Jesus that I'd had. I didn't stop and pray for him and Encourage him that everything's going to be okay. 
I could have. Maybe I should have. But I took the moment to be interrupted. I took the opportunity to go, you know what? I could stop just for a moment and have a conversation with someone. The thing that was comfortable in the moment, I took them off and said, God, I'll have a conversation with someone. Now, I'll be honest, it takes me quite a while to get around that supermarket because I know three of the checkout people, one of the managers, and now the security guard. So depending on how quickly I need to shop, I don't go to that supermarket. But taking the time to throw my net a little deeper because now every time I walk into that supermarket, guess who wants to say hello? Guess who wants to ask me how my day is? And I repeat it five times as I walk around, but... It's what you do. And I'm sure there are many stories sitting in this room of people who've pushed out of the comfort of the shallows into deeper water and seen the faithfulness of God and the more that this passage speaks of. But I can see why we'd want to fish in the shallows. There's something appealing about it. It's comfortable. It's known. It's safe. You can see the bottom and you're not far from shore should anything go wrong. Someone else is teaching and we just get to sit and listen. There's proximity to Jesus. But notice this. When Jesus said to put out into deep water, he didn't go, well, you go out. I'm going back to shore. He stayed in the boat with them as they went out. He's in the boat with us. It's not the shallows Jesus is calling us out into. We have to put our trust in him. Put all of our knowing in his hands. All of our past experiences, a little bit like fishing. Sometimes we've had disappointments. Sometimes we've done things and have not worked out the way we want them. We have to place those back in God's hand and go, God, if you're calling me deeper, I'll do it again. Simon Peter had gone, God, I've already tried out there and there's no fish. But because you say so, I'll let down my nets. God, I've tried this before. I've kept praying about this before and you've done nothing. But... Because you say so, I'll let down my nets. Jesus promises that he'll still be with us. Jesus didn't get out of the boat. He stayed with them. The men of leprosy went out of their way, went way beyond what was popular or acceptable for them to do. But they realized they had something to offer as they stepped out. And the whole place saw freedom. Because of what Jesus has done for me, I'll step out and do the same. Jesus didn't just come and and teach us. He didn't just role model for us how to live a good life and go, all right, that's me done. He went all the way to the cross. He didn't just come to meet the people of the day, but he came for all of humanity so that we could sit here in this room and still have the opportunity to know who Jesus is. He would take all of my sin, all of my mistakes. When Jesus came, he he knew that people who needed to know him were everywhere. They weren't already just gathered in temples or churches, but the message of hope was for all people. Let's go out into the deep water. Jesus was beaten and mocked. 
because he loved people. It was uncomfortable. But he came out into the deep to rescue, to save, to love people like you and me. Fishing in the shallows doesn't often produce many fish. There is a time for sitting, though, of listening, of learning, of growing, of hearing his voice, of gathering, of being encouraged. But it's followed by a, I'll go out into deep water, to where Jesus is telling us to go. There may be disappointments. Might feel like time's been wasted sometimes. But nothing is wasted in God. Band, would you come and join me back on stage? Jesus came that we might have life in all of its fullness. He came and lived a perfect life, one you or I could never live. And then he died, taking all of the mistakes that we make on himself. And he sent us now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. See, the message that we carry, it's too important to keep to ourselves. Like the men with leprosy said, this is a day of good news. Let's go at once. The consequences are too great. People's eternity is on the line. Stop fishing in the comfort of the shallows. Let's go out into deep water. The deep water requires trust in God. It requires us to walk sometimes into unknown places. But that's where our faith meets Jesus and the miraculous catch can happen. It might require you to speak into uncomfortable conversations, ones you don't know how they'll truly go. The fishermen have been fishing all night and caught nothing. But with Christ, their nets became full. Today, would you choose to go out a little deeper? Would you choose again to place your trust in God? As we've spent this time and prepare, would we go fishing again? Would you put your feet on the waves, on the unknown? slightly intimidating but knowing that you have God on your side where he calls you there'll be a catch don't fish from the comfort of the shallows Jesus says put out a little deeper and let down your nets for a catch